On this episode of Cult Cinema Cavalcade, we'll be starting our Thankful for Andy Sedaris month with Malibu Express from 1985 starring Sybil Danning. Welcome to Cult Cinema Cavalcade, a movie podcast that features hosts Brandon and Cullen discussing a film considered but not limited to being a cult classic. The episode you are listening to will include plot spoilers and may contain harsh language. Follow CC Cavalcade on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Listen to the show on cultcinemacavalcade.com, iTunes, and anywhere podcasts are found. Clues, pictures, electronics, but you know me. I just like to cover all the angles. The driving and the body, <laughs> they're dynamite. You really are a horseshit at showing emotion. But I like that. This is Colton Cavalcade. This is episode 61. This is Brandon, and as always with me is your co-hoster... March Dongers, that's with an H. Cullen! Thank you for saying with an H. Everyone misspells it. Finally, get some damn respect. Today we are here to discuss the 1985 film Malibu Express. Cullen, tell them about this horseshit trip to Palm Springs. A smooth-talking private eye is assigned the task of investigating who is behind the high-tech computer technology leaks to the Russians. Malibu Express is written and directed by Andy Sedaris and stars Darby Hinton, Sybil Danning, Linda Weismeyer, Michael A. Andrews, Shelley Taylor Morgan, Lorraine Michaels, and Lori Sutton. Welcome back to Cult Cinema Cavalcade after a rather large but exciting month of October. And now we're switching gears into our thankful mode. Last year was Neil Breen month. We're thankful for Neil Breen. And this year, it's Mr. Andy Sedaris. I think the same percentage of women get naked in both movies. There's just fewer people in the Neil Breen movies. You don't notice it as much (laughs) as in the Andy Sedaris movies. And we realized going into this year, we looked back and, and noticed that, oh, we did zero. Andy Sedaris films last year and one of Cullen and I's goals with Cult Cinema Cavalcade is to eventually cover all of Andy Sedaris's oeuvre through the show so we're gonna make up for some lost time and do three of them this month they're all part of the lethal series and lethal actually stands for something else I don't care to look it up which is not a great thing you want to hear on a podcast, but it's just the truth. Look it up. I'll tell you what. You'll figure it out. And I'll tell you what, uh, listeners, if some of you like to watch along, uh, you can own every movie in this series for like three ninety nine. It's uh, the whole set on DVD for like three ninety nine. How many is it? Like ten or twelve movies, and they're on these there's, like they're... there's twelve movies, and the sets are bare bones sets. The bonus features on these things are you get to own the movies. That's the <laughs> bonus feature. The actual DVDs themselves are in these paper sleeves. And I don't know about you, Brandon, but... uh, Oh, mine's on a spindle. I wish mine was on a spindle. Mine's just on, like, they're all stacked together. And and there's four movies on a disc. And they basically Mm -hmm. have made a dual-sided disc that's dual-layered. So Two movies on each side. Two movies on each side. And there's, like, four discs. Or three discs. Or something like that. Yeah. In mine, like you said, you got a spindle. 
mine are just these awful like old cd sleeves and one of them like the plastic has come out of it so the actual paper sleeve is doing almost no protection on it at all then they're just like the paper sleeves are just stacked loosely on top of each other inside the case and when you think about it folks you wouldn't want it any other way right that's (laughs) (laughs) yes it, it, it is authentic sedaris technology i don't know it well it doesn't blow up yeah and it's and it's not zany enough to actually be sedaris technology and i'll tell you what my my copies are all four by three cropped i don't see many pan and scan issues in the ones i've watched but they were shot widescreen they are like 1851 movies but Mm -hmm. those editions are well out of print i'm not paying hundreds of dollars for Mm -hmm. as much as i love them but there's some sort of a nostalgia to me of seeing these on usa up all night or maybe if i rented one on vhs that's how these kind of should look you know i'd be surprised if any of these movies played in a theater you know you know like where <laughs> what theater would like put these up on their the screen and someone's like so it's not a real movie but it's not porn like what am i supposed to do with this <laughs> Am I jerking off in the theater or what? Yeah, you'll remember during our first year, we did Hard Ticket to Hawaii with our good friend Matt Pelser of Now He's from Alphabet Drippings. That's the second film in this series. So we're going to go back to the first film, which our guest Troy, when we posted our episode last time, he was like, did I miss the Malibu Express episode? No, Troy, we hadn't done it yet. Yeah, he actually quoted the movie like, well, too bad. You're <laughs> <laughs> We've already decided we're doing these movies. Too bad, Troy. If you want background on Andy Sedaris and a a little bit more on him as a filmmaker and what these films are about, go back and listen to that episode. It's one of my personal favorites of all time. It was our second time ever having a guest, and I thought it was a blast. It's just just three people bonding over one of the most ridiculous films ever made. And this one is on a similar level, but it is not quite the insanity of Hard Ticket to Hawaii. There's no song written for Malibu Express. I mean, there are songs written for Malibu Express, but they don't just take a pause in the middle of the movie to play that song. they They don't title drop the song in the movie like Hard Ticket. Hey, Colin, before we get started, let's, uh... Let's hear from our good friend, Tom Labrie. I'd like to take a moment out here and read you an interesting letter. Dear Tom Labrie's, Hi, just to let you know that my mom and I watch a show every night. You look really good on TV. I know your waterbeds are great. My grandma and grandpa enjoy their waterbed. I don't have one yet, but in future sometime, I would like to buy one. Your music is very relaxing. It puts me to sleep. My mother said the plants are very pretty too. They set off the beds. Tom, I am enclosing a snapshot of myself. I hope you like it as much as I like your shows. PSS. The best is Tom LaBreeze All Night Comfort. Love, Andrew Wayne Real. I'm only two months old. And now, let's get back to the movie. So here we are with Malibu Express, which Andy Sedaris, he's remaking his own film here. His first movie was called Stacy. And apparently Malibu Express is a remake of Stacy. I wonder how that other one is. If it's as over the top as this one is. Or was Stacy the subdued Sedaris movie? Or was it worse? Was it raunchier? Was it like a trauma movie? Oh, he did a second movie called Seven. And no, not not, not that Seven. <laughs> and then landed up here on Malibu Express. And I don't know uh, much about Stacy or Seven yet. Maybe he was building up to what... 
would be these lethal movies is seven looks like Mm -hmm. this type of movie this lethal series is a very loose connection between each other it's like a like a sloppy marvel universe of people sometimes people are cast in different movies as completely different characters although sometimes they're very similar as with this movie as far as like no there was only one person in this movie that were in any of the other sedaris movies and i don't know a hundred percent why that happened I, I wonder if it was part of the location or, or something because this is the only one i've seen that doesn't at least take place partially in hawaii i think sedaris lived in hawaii at, at that time uh, the, not, the previous movie seven takes place in hawaii okay okay he probably just got tired of like having to cast people he's like no no uh I'm, I'm going to work in hawaii so i'll hire people from the hawaiian area maybe i mean i, I don't i'm not a hundred percent certain but i do know that like all the women in this movie were playmates and then playboy would wasn't too thrilled about that for some reason because it's a it's a it's a hell of a film it's better than most playboy movies you'll see <laughs> it's uh, better than the anna nicole smith playmate of the year video <laughs> there is more plot to this believe it or not than that one but the, the rest of the movies after this they all had penthouse models so the acting caliber of penthouse models uh, is what you'll get from the others I, I don't know if you would say the acting is better in this one i think they're all kind of the same i think any sedaris probably just said to everyone like look, look you're beautiful that's what you are be beautiful on the camera i'm sure that's all the direction he gave these people we open with a, a woman sitting at an old computer in complete darkness in complete, yeah it's in complete darkness and she sits at the computer typing and stuff we basically get the credit uh via the computer monitor with the camera filming the computer monitor which goes to show sedaris i don't think has the money or knowledge of how to superimpose credits over anything at this point because if you'll remember in hard ticket they were painted on to paper that was put on the crate yeah so you're right i didn't even think about that yeah, yeah. The, the zero credits are superimposed they're just because the end credits oh, wow. will be this again and it's the same woman sitting at the computer who, who we don't know who it is mm-hmm. it's just some woman with the longest fingernails you've ever seen <laughs> gotta hit those keys and and the music here is a departure from hard ticket it's it's very bluegrassy a little, yeah. little bit hoedown a little bit folk like it's it's not quite country no it, it's it's very down home Th- mm-hmm. this is it's super weird like this does not feel like it's it should be it feels like it should be like uh louisiana express not malibu california yeah. Mm-hmm. express yeah this thing is i'm trying to think this is like the hulk of the Sedaris universe, not in quality, just in continuity, where it really doesn't have anything else to do with the other stuff, but it does kind of exist in the same universe, kind of, question mark? It's, it's, it's loose because we'll, we see a, a red DeLorean pull up to a building and our lead Cody Abilene gets out. Sexy Jeff Foxworthy, right? Yes, and I guess he's the brother of Ron Moss's character from Hard Ticket because they both have the name Abilene. Oh... Okay. But in Hard Ticket, they pull out the poster for this movie because mm-hmm. the, the one, Taryn, whatever, she, I remember that name and I haven't watched that movie since. <laughs> <laughs> it's a memorable movie. Donna and Taryn, who could forget? <laughs> but that's his brother and I, I guess there's a little line mentioning it, but all I remember is them pulling out the poster for a Malibu Express and me like, oh, so in this world it's a movie, but maybe it's both. Uh, maybe those events of Malibu Express 
happened. It's like stab is it's the the stab. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like in in the in Scream. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. That's my best guess because there are a lot of things that happen in this movie that kind of carry on. A, a lot of these movies, there's a briefcase that we'll get to in a moment that's that's carried through a lot of these for whatever reason. So he gets out and he walks with this his cow pattern briefcase to the shooting range with his big ass revolver to take aim at moving targets and the dude misses horribly and it ends it with he uh, shoots down a light then he heads to the racetrack to watch someone drive a car that is tits in the desert <laughs> this car is tits and cody goes to the locker room with the driver who is june knockers with with an h because that matters for she, some reason she strips down topless goes what do you think and he goes they're dynamite and uh they uh they hook up <laughs> when she says i met the driving well what was he supposed to think right come on you 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 get naked and then say, what do you think? My head is in that moment. I'm not thinking about what happened before or after. I'm thinking about the woman that just got topless in front of me because she probably expects something to happen. Otherwise, why would she take off her top? June knows what she's doing. We'll find out. There they hook up. Cody says goodbye to her and the photographer that was out there with some kisses. And he takes off in his red DeLorean. Which I did not know existed before this movie. I thought there were only stainless steel DeLoreans. Yeah. My jaw dropped. I told you, Brandon, uh, that I had to keep pausing this movie to write down all the stuff that happens. And between that and texting you, this movie probably took me about three hours to watch. <laughs> but I have four colors. There were red DeLoreans, black DeLoreans, and yellow DeLoreans in addition to stainless steel. But I've never seen a yellow DeLorean, but I've seen a black one in person. I've never seen a red one in person, but I have seen them. It just, for some reason, Back to the Future has made us all think any other looking DeLorean is just wrong. Well, and there have to be other colors like once i saw it like well that makes sense that there wouldn't just be one color he wouldn't just when they make the car like no you get it in stainless steel or you buy another fucking car yeah. no you <laughs> you have choices i mean makes sense. The, the red on a delorean might be like you know most cars is like oh you get the red one it looks cooler maybe not with the delorean <laughs> no and i think that's why we only see it in stainless steel because it looks awesome in stainless steel like other an old ford it. tempo it looks cooler in red than a delorean in red <laughs> It looks it looks cheap and tacky. Yeah. It looks like a firebird looks more classy than a red DeLorean. Inside the car, he tests his tape recorder. Which is not overdubbed in any way. Yeah. He's clearly saying everything. He doesn't cover his mouth with the tape recorder or anything. He decides to tape his daily findings, which he decides to tell us everything that's happened in the movie so far. Which is very little. He arrives at his home at the marina, and the yacht committee asks that he remove this picture thing of a caboose that says Malibu Express on it. And is, that, okay. is, is that the title screen? Is that how we're... <laughs> I'm surprised. Yeah. It's an it might have been, you know. But it is like the size of an actual caboose next to his boats. He says that he and his daddy... He calls him his daddy, who founded the club, the Yacht Club, created this for his mama, and his dad has been apparently lost at sea with an all-girl crew for a month. The train picture ends up, it's just an entry to the dock with their boat, so there's like a door that opens to the back of the caboose, and he, and he tells us in a voiceover, his mom loved trains, and she died in one the past year. <laughs> like, she got, like, knocked off the track right. or something? Jesus! Like, oof. And on the boat, he then takes a shower, and we get to see some Cody ass. <laughs> the whole screen is his wet, glistening Soapy butt. ass, yeah. <laughs> like, 
Like, you almost expect him just to hand that come down and just him gently massage his cheeks. Uh, what do we think of Cody Abilene? Uh, so far, I'm okay with him. I know he can't shoot worth a damn, and I think that's kind of interesting. It, it kind of sucks that our hero is bad at something, but at the same time, it makes him more human because some of the stuff he does later in the movie is ridiculous it's it's weird because i gotta give credit to the actor maybe too but this could have been a role where you're just like oh this guy but i'm on board with him enough He's not yeah, yeah, it, douchey, real. but he's not overconfident machismo. He's got his yeah. faults, but he's confident enough not to let them hold him down, so he's not super comical. He's not super yeah. arrogant over the top, and he works, and he delivers the comedy just right. He yeah. he feels like a normal guy thrown into this Andy Sedaris movie almost. <laughs> <laughs> like even he like cannot believe the situations that he goes through but it's not like to the point where he looks into the camera and says what do you think folks or it's a living he just goes through and just acts like you normally would in these preposterous situations yeah it's weird and he looks almost like if you made like parody of movie of this today what the main character would look like oh yeah absolutely this thing is so perfect at being what it is it verges on parody he, he comes up the stairs and we meet may and Faye, who are waiting who- for him with a water pistol so we think he's getting held up but nope it's a water pistol and it's these two Just- bimbo girls <laughs> Just two women that want it bad. And why do they want it bad? Well, they moved in next door. They just came in from Corpus Christi. <laughs> Hi, I'm May, and this is my friend, Faye. We just arrived from Corpus Christi on my daddy's <laughs> boat. We're in the slip next to you, and since we're going to be here for a while, we thought we might like to get to know you just a little bit better. We think it's a neighborly thing to do. <laughs> we didn't think you were ever going to get out of the shower. Well, uh, how'd you girls get by my security? <laughs> we have our ways. We must be living right to have these lovelies pull into the slip right next door. You know, we haven't got got our water hooked up yet, and we was wondering if maybe May and I could come over and take a shower here. So they broke into his house, his his houseboats, to ask him for a shower. Yes! Because that happens. That's a thing that happens. This is a movie based in reality. This whole thing is just Andy Sedaris saying, like, let's see, if I made a porno, what would I do? I'd call it Malibu Express, apparently. Right. I mean, this this movie makes it feel like there is so much restraint on Hard Ticket to Hawaii. Because... <laughs> This is, this is like the underground indie film movie, and then they go to make the big budget feature of it, and they neuter it with hard ticket. Like you know, mm-hmm. this one. Yeah, there is a comical amount of nudity in this movie. I mean, they all have a lot of nudity in them, but this is just to the point where it's just Annie Sedaris is like sitting with like a stopwatch, like, all right, we haven't seen tits in five minutes. Put some tits on the screen. We then meet Contessa Luciana, played by Sybil Danning, and and she goes into some warehouse computer lab place. I don't know. Uh, it's yeah. e- it's empty except for one man, the mustache man from the yacht club, and he says they've got a problem. Uh, the Russians are behind in technology, but they're stealing stuff from them. Them must be meaning government peoples. He needs to get someone in. On the inside, where they think the leak is coming from, he just, he tells her that he wants to put Cody Abilene on the job, and he's got to meet her. We cut back to May and Faye taking that shower that they wanted. <laughs> they they promised. Yeah, they the promise. It's it's Chekhov's shower. There you go. Uh, <laughs> Cody uh, hangs around with a towel, waiting for them to get done, and 
he gets a message on his humongous pager. Like, I thought it was like a super spy alarm clock. No, it's a pager. That's what I thought it was. I was like, oh, he gets messages like a spy on his alarm clock. Then he talks about it. I was like, it's his pager. It's so huge. You know, like, like, like pagers were just like, you'd say like a very brief, very brief sentence. You know, like, call Mitch. You know, and that was it. Call this number. But this was like... It's like he had Twitter on his pager. Right, yeah. And it was only delivering one line. It was like a a stock exchange ticker thing. Yeah, it was ridiculous. They're still on the boat, and the women, they say, we hear you are a private investigator. And the other one says, so investigate our privates. Yes! Oh, God, yeah. Sorry, I forgot. Yeah. It, like when that happened, I wrote down Cody is uh, one of the X Men. He has a mutant power that all women just constantly want to have sex with him. I don't. There are maybe two women in this movie that don't just throw themselves at him. And it's maybe because they just didn't get the chance. <laughs> they had a lot of they had a lot of paperwork to get through. Someone had uh, someone had a cast on their leg. You know. Uh, uh, <laughs> that'll slow you. I'm I'm surprised that that somehow wasn't incorporated into her hitting on him. He arrives at Luciana's house and she opens the door in a robe with her boobs <laughs> basically falling out. Yeah. I almost I think I might have saw nipple. It, it was comical. Like if someone were to sneeze, a whole boob would have fallen out. It, it, it's so on the line. Sedaris brings her on set. She's like, "What is this?" He goes, "You know why you're here." Yeah, exactly. Let's roll. That is exactly that robe. You know why people see your movies. So, so. <laughs> I don't, I suspect he didn't treat women very well uh, or, or, or in a very patronizing way. We find out the gift is an outfit for her to wear out that night, which is basically what the robe she's wearing, just <laughs> showing her boobs from a different angle. It's Yeah, instead of uh, top cleavage, it's under cleavage, and it's a massive amount. I thought it was on backwards. There was so much boob hanging out <laughs> of, of that dress. Jessica Rabbit would look at that dress and go, okay, that's a bit much. You need to tone it down, Sybil Danning. <laughs> we have a montage of a fancy dinner, dancing, smoking, and sex. <laughs> Maybe 20 minutes of their evening, and then just immediately... Hardcore intercourse. And there's this is like intercourse. This isn't topless kissing. No. Th- this, this is, is a little bit of... This is close to like weak... So, this is like weak softcore on Cinemax. This is like the one you're like, yeah. well, and this is all that's on tonight. This will have to do. But it really does go from like, they've gone out to a restaurant, they're having a dinner, others drinks, and now fucking <laughs> pound, pound, pound. Like, what the? Whoa! And then when they get done, he's like... Uh, water. Sorry, babe, but... I gotta have some water. How long have they been going at it where he has to rehydrate? Which is hilarious because this is a key plot point in the movie. Yeah. Th- this thing that you just dismiss, like, uh, he needs like, water, he's thirsty. Uh, but you, you go, well, that was weird. But you'll remember it later <laughs> when it gets brought up again. You're like, oh, yeah. That was... so it's Chekhov's water. She gets some water and says, he's marvelous, but she didn't bring him in for sex. Fooled me. We then cut to Cody departing the dock to the dismay of May and Faye. But on his way to go on his mission, he's cut off by a hillbilly family called the Buffingtons. The one thing in this movie that could have been cut and should have been cut because it adds nothing to the movie. There's no like real story. I will say it helps me out with liking Cody more because apparently Cody's dad beat the Buffington dad in a race long ago. And it's been a long time 
family grudge thing. So they want to race. That's that's why they pull him over. And Cody agrees to race the son. And then he loses and just keeps on driving on. And then we find out the kid admits that he used nitrous oxide to win. This is the first of all the races. He loses these. Like, it's not like she's some hot shot mm-hmm. and pisses him off. These assholes get to, like, rub it in his face and stuff. So he's not like... It keeps Cody tempered in these moments. Every time that they come up to him and challenge him to a race, he's on his way to do something important. But it's funny is Cody takes his car in immediately, the DeLorean, because he lost the race. He, he takes it to a mechanic because he thinks something's wrong with the car because he didn't win. Mm-hmm. And he picks up a normal car to which I'm thinking the rental or whoever let him borrow the DeLorean was ready to have it back. Yeah. And that's maybe why they added the first race and oh my came God. up with a plot point to get rid of that car because the next car he drives, nothing special. Yeah. It's normal. It's probably Andy Sedaris's car. But Cody drives a lot of cars in this movie. I wonder He'll if... He'll drive a Porsche later. So that might have been like they, they were into production like, dude, I got a Porsche. I'm like, oh, we got to do another race scene. Yeah. Well, I just wonder if Andy Sedaris is just... He's really into cars. Once the, that first lease or rental or whatever ran out, it was like, you know what we'll do? We'll just show a bunch of awesome cars. Plus the cars gives you like a chase. So it's kind of some action because not a lot of action stuff's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Not, not that kind of action, if you know what I mean. It's going to happen <laughs> right. for a little bit. So maybe that's it's there. I, I think it's stupid. You're absolutely right. It could, it should be cut. It shouldn't be in the movie, but I can find some takeaways from it, even though I agree with you. It should be just gone. I just kept waiting for something to be important with this. No other like, characters you, are involved. It's just Cody Buff- yeah. and Buffington's. There's enough in this movie. We don't have to add a subplot. Yeah, there are a subplot. lot of characters in this fucking movie. And they just keep getting piled on. Like, it just gets to a point where you don't even pay attention to the character names. You just, like, okay, that's the third blonde woman. Okay, that's the old guy. All right, that's the, the brunette woman. Cool. Like, just just don't care after a while. After he gets the normal car, he goes to Bel Air to this house to stay in for a few days with Lady Lillian Chamberlain, who has broken her leg from a ski accident in a wheelchair. I don't know why they immediately set them up at this Chamberlain house. I was a little foggy on that. I don't It's just like, ah, I gotta go stay at this house. Cody took the job from Contessa. Yeah. I don't know what that job is. That was never super explained to me. I assumed it had something to do with Russians buying up American computers, but that connection was never really well established. No, so it was not. So as far as I understand, it was Cody's like, all right, well, part of the job is I live with this family for a while, and that will help me investigate the case of the Russians buying computers somehow. And it will. Lillian, Lady Lillian Chamberlain, she thinks something is going on behind her back. And we see the butler, Shane, making out with Anita Chamberlain, which we, we will find out is Lady Lillian's nephew's wife. I suspect that Kim Cattrall was just not available. So they got this woman this instead. Uh, you look kind of like her and you'll take her clothes off just as much. So you're hired. They are interrupted <laughs> by Lady yelling and through her bullhorn and through dialogue between Anita and Shane, we find out that Shane's been in jail. Cody is then introduced to Anita. And at dinner, he meets Stuart, Anita's husband, and Liza, the younger sister, I think. <laughs> yeah, I, I think. Youngest relative. She, she, she's the brunette lady. That, well, right. that might help. Yes. <laughs> distinguish these two. Anita gropes Cody under the table at the dinner and, and they ask him 
Cody, do you cook? Hmm, not much. Well, what do you usually make for dinner? Reservations. <laughs> Very good. Cody says he leaves the house every couple days to meet with his cop friend, Beverly, who he hooks up with. And we then switch to them working out in the gym. Well, she's working out. He's drinking oh, yeah, a yeah. beer oh, yeah, that's on right. the exercise equipment. Yeah, just he's checking in, women. He's just checking out ladies. And then there's two muscle dudes are pissed that Beverly likes Cody. Two muscle dudes who will conveniently also work <laughs> for the main villain. Well, Pump Brings is a small community, right? So right, right. <laughs> that many people. At the Chamberlain house, and he's like frolicking on the floor. She's in a nightgown, her boobs are falling out. And then Liza's in the shower, and then Shane comes in and like <laughs> rapes her while he has he has it, a camera set up to take pictures too. It's super weird. It's uh, I totally blame Andy Sedaris for this of how he views and, and, and treats women because like, Shane comes in and Liza is not into it but then Shane kisses her and grabs like, at come her on, a little bit come on. and okay. then she it, it's not like she like relents okay I'll just go through with this she starts to kiss him and then she's into it yeah. kind of and then they you know they have sex in the shower and Shane takes pictures of it and She's upset and tells him to go to hell or, or Well, or no, he, he shows her the camera. He's like, hey, check it out. Ha ha. And she gets pissed. <laughs> yeah, that camera, not hidden, by the way. Clearly, sitting on the counter, there's flashes go off You know, when it takes a picture. Right. It's clear that she's, this is being documented. And then we see Stuart peeping out in the hall. The pool the next day, Cody pops up out of the pool to talk to Liza, and the maid drops off her food. Maid Marion, mind you. And she has an insanely huge hair to go with her huge boobs in her tiny maid dress. When she walked up, I thought, did they hire a ghost? Is that be- D. Snyder? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It is comically large wig. Cher would look at it and go, you know what? A bit much. Tone it down, Maid Marion. The snack is escargot. Cody offers to drive Eliza to Palm Springs because she doesn't want anything to do with Shane. And she mentions that she knows about Anita and Shane's affair. Shane is in the beach house filming him and Anita fucking. And Cody takes Eliza to her friend Jonathan Harper, who sells computers and she's investing in his company. The beach house, Anita wants a shower. Shane declines the shower because... You know, he's switching VHS tapes in a player. Probably sore. Back at Harper's place, uh, we we hear the most generic, I don't know much about computer sales or anything line, but I'm going to make my movie sound professional. Where Jonathan Harper, we meet him as he's, he's his head honcho telling this guy, Jay, the new computers are coming in next week, and I want you to have a look at those also. Yes, sir, Mr. Harper. <laughs> Like, oh wow, this movie knows everything. Like, what, like, so, <laughs> like what's it gonna, what's it gonna do? Right. Like, it, it, it turns on. Like, what do you, what's to be done? I was like, this is like the cheapest line of dialogue. Like, porn has better understanding of <laughs> computer tech. You could say something about like male and female ends. Yeah. Uh, scuzzy ports, all kinds of things that they could use. Like, new computers are in. I, I want you to cross check. Use the word cross check or boot them up or make sure that it's, I don't know. I want you to have a look at them. Oh, okay. Well, let me, I looked. They're computers. <laughs> The only reason that porn dialogue wasn't in this scene is because women were not in this scene. Uh, not Otherwise... yet, because Liza walks in and introduces Cody to Jonathan, and she hands him their financing, which is a roll of bills. 
seems seems above the a board. Yeah. The muscle guys from the gym come in and sexually harass Liza. Hey, what about the hey, hey, hey. Look at those legs. Here. Look at the face. Oh, look at his body. Yeah, great looking guy. <laughs> <laughs> Call it. The lady's an investor. Immediately. Yeah. They don't even say hi. It's just immediately, well, it's a woman. This is what they're for. Ugh. Yeah. Cody tries to get her to leave, but she says she has business to discuss. The three goons, because there's the two guys and another guy who's this fat Jersey looking guy, who's apparently their their leader. But uh, the three goons, they're Matthew, Mark, and Luke. Har- it's not important. Yeah. <laughs> John Harper says that they are there to help them. And he tells the guy to see that Cody's ass leaves in the premises. They leave. I mean, Cody's ass did leave the premises, but these guys still follow. And they try to yeah. get, they try to get pull- Cody to pull over. And they do. And one of them's like, he's a pretty boy, isn't he? What? You looking to fuck him? Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because <sighs> back in the day, pretty boy meant gay. That's yeah. That's pretty. Uh, I mean, another another theme in Andy Sedaris's movies: homophobia. Does not understand the homosexual community in any way. No, but he treats things progressively in odd in odd ways. There's super yeah. progressive things in his movies, but oddly backwards dialogue or characters. Yeah, like, like they, they'll just casually mention rape, and it's kind of like a joke. Like, oh, you practically raped me. <laughs> right, right. Like, There's that one. Well, they'll they'll say like fag and queer and stuff in like derogatory manners but then they'll have like cross-dressing people or uh, transgender people like it's no big deal and people just treat them normal yeah it's 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 weird this back and forth that happens in his movies outside the cars in the desert cody takes his shirt off and tells them that he is a lethal weapon (laughs) to which they all take their shirts off (laughs) except the the fat guy and Cody, oh, yeah. Cody starts with uh, kicking the two muscle dudes, and then he hits his fist on the other guy, the fat Jersey-looking guy, and, and it busts his hand because the guy's got a gun stacked for right. some reason. Well, he, Cody absolutely punches a guy in the dick. Yep. So dick trouble. Uh, <laughs> dick. That's right. So for you, those of you keeping score at home, add this one to the list of dick trauma movies. Or it's that crotch we've trauma. We call it crotch trauma. Crotch trauma. Right. Yep. Because it could be anyone's crotch. Yes. They grab Cody and then shoot up his car. And they hand him back his shirt and leave him to walk the desert. As he wanders the desert, he comes by a used car lot with a woman. He <laughs> says, I need the fastest thing on this lot. And she goes, sugar, I'm the fastest thing on this lot. And she's this girl in a cowboy hat and stuff and starts undoing her just, top. and Just immediately takes off her top. I'm guessing they bone because the next scene... Has him leaving in a car and her buttoning up her shirt and uh, he's taking off and and she tells him to come back real soon. Uh, I guess to be fair, she has a car lot in the middle of the desert where there's no civilization around her. So she, it might might have just been like another human being. I need the touch of a man. I don't care who it is. It could have been anyone that walked up and she would have taken off her top. Thankfully, it was Cody Abilene, though, for her. Cody didn't seem to enjoy it too much, though. Yeah, sometimes Cody's into it. Sometimes he's like, oh, man, sex. It's like an inconvenience for him sometimes. Like his dick's going to fall off. I've, I've, I've only got this, you know, insured for so many miles. And you, you ladies in this uh, Palm Springs area are really wearing through the warranty on it. So Cody pulls up to the house and... Some guy is getting a topless massage and goes to make a <laughs> yeah. call. Like, I was like, what? And th- it's not even at the house. He's somewhere else. Yeah. So, like, Cody pulls yeah, like- up and you think that that's going on in the house. It's not. 
No. Cody pulls up to the house for an establishing shot. Turns out the next thing we see, it's not in the house. Yeah. This is where we get his voiceover. Boy, that was really a horseshit trip to Palm Springs. I got my ass whipped, my borrowed car shot up, and I was raped. You were raped? <laughs> like, you're burying the lead there a little bit, uh, Cody. I think you exchanged sex for a car. <laughs> yeah, you prostituted yourself, Cody. Yeah. That's what happens. The massage guy's calling Shane, saying he owes him money. And Shane's sitting there on the phone lifting weights, <laughs> like on a couch with Anita. He's just like, yeah, I'm... Uh... Because he's a 1980s bully. Right. <laughs> that's, that's right. right, yes. I'm, sur- I'm, sur- I'm surprised he wasn't dressed completely in denim and had a huge mullet listening to Dokken. If we would have seen him like on his uh, weekend off, that's probably what he would have dressed up as. Uh, the guy then calls back and asks if he's still messing around with that broad you work for. And Shane owes 30 grand. And he tells Anita he's got some gambling money owed. And then Cody outside hears this whole thing. Through a closed window. As Shane shows Anita the video of them fucking and pictures of them as well, he says he wasn't going to show them anything. Uh, She gets pissed and leaves, and he calls her, You little whore. At night, Stuart sneaks out in a trench coat, and he has Shane take him to the club. Cody follows them to the Sunset Strip, and we find out that Stuart is a cross-dresser. He likes women's clothing, dressed up like a woman, and who also has been sleeping with Shane himself. Well, he has pictures of Stuart having sex with someone. I assume oh, it's, it's a I th- I man. Thought, I thought Shane and him were getting it on. I was like, I wasn't... God, Shane's <laughs> fucked everyone in this family. <laughs> that's that's the one thing I wasn't sure about, because he does say that when he shows the pictures of Stuart having sex to him, he says to Stuart, that's you on the bottom. But he doesn't, but I don't think it was Shane. I mean, it, it, maybe it was, maybe it wasn't. Let's say it was I Shane, thought, because I thought he's a maybe jerk. Th- I thought maybe that's why they had the whole prison line earlier in the film. Uh, oh, yeah. Like, oh, oh that's jail, you know, and... You know what? You're, you're right. That is Sedaris's mode of thinking. Like, well, you know, if you were in jail, you probably did some gay stuff. This guy that's probably just absolutely... don't... This Shane fella probably just don't have, give a fuck no more. You're I right, named him ab- Shane because he has no shame. Boom. <laughs> this this all sounds like Sedaris. Right. I, I will argue with nothing you've said. <laughs> so Stuart's tough on him, and he just rejects the whole blackmail thing. <laughs> Yeah, he doesn't care. It's weird. Like, he doesn't want this to come out, but if it happens, like, up yours, I'm not giving you $30,000. Yeah. And he seemingly knows how to get Shane back in jail, too. And as he gets out of the car, Cody's watching, and he goes, I don't believe this one. Stuart has just turned into the most gorgeous woman. I knew he was different, but wow. <laughs> I know! What the hell? By the way, he's not <laughs> like it's cl- like this is this is the guy of uh, the one a person that's in Hard Ticket to yeah, Hawaii as a person in Hard Ticket. He's also cross dressing. Yeah, I, I wonder if this guy is known <coughs> as a cross dresser. He's just I, got he's got a very feminine figure for a male. So he and he's very convincing as a female mm-hmm. as well. So but that's probably. I, I remember like when we watched him in Hard Ticket. I thought, what's wrong with that woman? That woman looks weird. I don't know why. And that turns out, oh, it's not a woman. It's a dude dressed as a woman. This time around, it feels still kind of weird, but not 
as weird right. because they weren't trying to pass him off as like an actual right. We well, saw like, him as a it's man. It's just first. a woman. Yeah. yeah. Right. So like, all right, this is a, a man that cross dresses, and that's fine. They weren't trying to trick you, so you don't think there's something going on here. Well, you know what's but, funny? Like I was talking earlier, progressively, they never treat this as awful, bad, or dirty in the film. They just treat it as like, oh, that's what he does. It's a, it's a secret, but you know that's like, yeah. Because Cody's not like holy. Sh-. He doesn't go crazy. He's just kind of like amused by it. Yeah, and he doesn't call him any names or anything yeah. like that. And as a matter of fact, like Cody is super into it. And it's impressive because this was the '80s. It, I mean, something like this would have torn this apart. Yeah, I still just can't get over how <laughs> how into how Cody is so into Stuart, most beautiful woman I've ever seen. Like, really? <laughs> yeah. You, you've banged every woman in the county, but Stuart, I guess Cody is just tired and he wants something different. He meets a guy named Frederick he has drinks with, and he wants to make sure that he's coming to Lady Chamberlain's tomorrow. And so there's a gathering the next day. Luciana's there as Cody's date. Jonathan's there talking to Lady Lillian with Liza. Shane knows Luciana, it appears, a bit, just because he calls her by name and asks her about getting a drink. Brandon, if it's possible, can you name all the people at this party? Like like all of the main characters Uh, at this party. There's Luciana, Contessa Luciana, Cody, Abilene. There's Lady Lillian Chamberlain. There's Liza, Anita, Shane. Um, uh, uh, oh, Stuart is there. Maid Marion is there. Um, that's 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 it. Uh, I'm not sure. So, the go- Oh, there's Matthew, Mark, and Luke. <laughs> and then there's the, the, the tough guy that wants money. I can't remember his name. So, so there's like 12 main characters. The cast of the movie, movie has gathered for... It's fucking ridiculous. <laughs> and, and you know what's like you know funny? Beverly and June are not at this party. Oh, my God. And the yeah, photographer. There's, there's, and there's still there's more people. There's more characters in this movie. It's fucking ridiculous. This is like a mad, 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 mad world. But there's so many fucking characters in this thing. There are fewer Avengers than there are characters in this fucking right. scene. There's some dudes harass the maid as she scoffs at them. It's like, just because you work for Jonathan doesn't mean you can harass me. And a man shows up to collect from Shane and threatens him. Shane then goes home and phones the party acting like he's Frederick. And he <laughs> asks for the money once again, and Stuart's like, fuck you, pretty much. And then Shane slams the phone down going, faggot. He acts like Frederick for 10 seconds, and then immediately, it's Shane, give me the money. Like, yeah. What was your plan, Shane? Well, and then he hangs up the phone, and there's a guy has followed Shane to his house or <laughs> apartment with a gun and a, gun and a knife. Tell him, I need the money tonight cuts his face a little bit and Shane's upset about that because clearly the reason he keeps getting all these second chances is is because of his looks and then we go to the party and Anita and Liza are joking about the maid getting raped by two homosexuals for some reason and they are laughing it up I was just like what the why are we even talking about this hey Marion she is something did you hear that she got raped this afternoon by two homosexuals. One held her down and the other one did her hair. <laughs> it's more of Andy Sedaris. Are they trying to like 
make it seem like the maid's the killer, like, oh, these people treat her like shit, and that's why she's going to kill somebody? Or No, it, it's Andy Sedaris does not understand what gay people are. He seems to think they're sexual deviants, and that's not the case. Gay people aren't, like, roaming the streets waiting to rape women. That's not... I. I don't even know what the hell that is. Right. But it's not what gay people do. That's ridiculous. But this was just back when if you were gay or bisexual or you were a sexual deviant, and that's just how people viewed you, and that sucks. It ages the movie and makes you feel bad for a few seconds. You feel dirty hearing these lines. Yeah. The party ends. Shane turns on a Regis Philbin special about love that was shot for this movie. <laughs> There's a, there's a special thanks at the end of this movie to Regis and his wife at the end credits. They shot this for this movie. And then he puts on a tape of him and Anita boning as he talks to himself about Stuart showing up with the money, which I'm like, dude, I don't think Stuart showing up with the money. I, I've seen him reject you pretty confidently twice. Again, what is your plan? Yeah, so then someone with a, a trench coat and a mask on with an obviously feminine figure enters and stabs him, takes the tape, and then Shane manages to take a picture of them with the camera, and then the person shoots him twice and the, rips the TV off the stand. <laughs> he just, like, walks around with it. The next day at the pool, Luciana is watching Cody swim, and just then as he gets out, they find Shane's body and the TV, like, 20 feet away from the pool like they didn't pass by it see it (laughs) yeah there's just a dead body that's been sitting outside for hours i I get why luciana maybe didn't see it we'll talk about that later but uh i yeah uh cody urges luciana to leave the premises as he's got her alibi he's like we we were boning all night so you can go it's like uh that doesn't work that way man I cannot, this movie is nuts. Like, there's the the plot with the Russian computers. Now there's a murder conspiracy. Of and a like guy, well, bla- there's a guy blackmailing. And blackmail. I don't. A family th- thi- fucking one dude. <laughs> uh, yeah, and, and, and there's the, this white trash family that wants to race our main character all the time. There's so much fucking happening in this movie. Two bimbos that just came in from Corpus Christi, Texas. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and a race car driver <laughs> that, spe- that spelled knockers with an H. Our maid Marion is snooping around Shane's place outside, like Cody was with you know the window shut. And then Anita's going through his things. She doesn't exactly know Shane's dead yet, apparently, and has just seen the blood. Cody goes to look at the pictures and that were in there and finds the camera. He takes out the film. He's like, some of this film has been exposed. I'm like, well, that means it's no good, right? But okay. Then the maid curiously leaves. Uh, the family's out by the pool when Cody comes out. And Cody makes a call. And we cut to a sex line service? Yeah. Uh, what was her name? Sex Sally. phone yeah. and lip service. Yeah. So he talks to the woman. He apparently knows her. And she's like just touching herself all over, pulling her oh boobs out. The, and he's like, whole... you need to call the police. Why didn't you call the 911? Yeah, like, is she the operator for the town? Is it like a secret service thing where it's like you call this, like, pizza delivery place, you leave a message, and then your instructions will be at your door in an hour or something like that? Is that what that's supposed to be? I wish it was. That would have been neat. But, I mean, this is, like, an actual proper sex phone line, and I know that because one of the guys that's on the phone 
working at the sex phone line says, Tell you, baby, I'm, I'm only as big as a beer can, but I'm real long, you know? Folks, here's what I want you to do. I want you to go get a can of beer, soda, whatever. Look at that. Now think about that as a dick. And say think... the word only. <laughs> only. Meaning you're exactly. lacking. <laughs> exactly. Oh, but but this guy, he's also long. So think that is. No, that's a comical. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Like that person would 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 pass out from loss of blood to their brain every time they got an erection because that is too much dick for anyone so cody says he's gonna take a shower of course uh he hides the film in like a gun holster thing before the police get there because he wants to be the first to see the film developed and it's beverly and some detective when they show up yeah he 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 does that awesome uh trick of hiding it by putting it under a blanket no police officer could certainly get through this defense of a soft fluffy blanket (laughs) the police have pictures of anita taken with shane to give to lady because they were delivered he goes it's what we call hard evidence Sedaris, why did you never use that as a title? (laughs) (laughs) Lady Lillian knows they were taken at the beach house. She goes, how could you, Anita? Apparently the beach house is sacred. I don't know. The maid is is in on the phone with Jonathan. She's in cahoots with Jonathan. So that part where she's saying, just because you work with Jonathan doesn't mean you can harass me. So she's filling him in about the happenings. Cody and Beverly team up to go investigating the beach house, but instead of investigating the beach house, they investigate each other. Yeah, instead of doing their job, they just decide, let's have sex. I saw that, like, get back to work, you you jerk. There could be, who knows what kind of evidence is here. How long has it been since either of you have had sex? Like, just wait. Beverly does look good without her clothes on, so I guess I won't complain, but, um... I know, but it it (laughs) is... But I, but I no, just but, but, make, but, but they have sex in the bed. You know, the bed that Shane recorded stuff in. Well, it's a good thing they did because Cody finds a remote and finds the camera towards the end of his climaxing. <laughs> he's, he's just like stretching after he's done. Like, ah, that was a good orgasm. Wait a minute, what's back here? A and, remote. And he immediately knows where it records to. So he shows her the movie they just made. He goes, talk about a soap opera. We should have our own show. Which, what? <laughs> they don't show that anything Isn't like that. a soap opera, soap opera a show? Yeah. What? <laughs> oh. and, and, and also, this guy, oh my god, he records on the tape. Who knows what else was on that tape? He could be recording over evidence. No, no, he's got to be a cool dude. Yeah, and then some of Jonathan's goons show up there, and one of them's like, I got all day for this. A shit-kicking private eye, a hag, and a roll of film. And this is like the new guy. We haven't seen this guy yet. He's just got. He's just like skinny dude with a mullet. You mean there's another character in the movie? Right. Uh, <laughs> Thank goodness. The, the enter with the super weird-looking guns. They're kind of rifles, but handguns with really long silencers. Uh, yeah, I, I guess uh, that's just more of the wacky technology that is used in the Sedaris movies, but it's not like wacky, like James Bond, even though, God, they mentioned James Bond so many times in Hard Ticket to Hawaii. That's why this was such a relief. They didn't do that in this one, but there's still wacky gadgets, but they're less wacky than you'd seen in a James Bond movie, if that makes any kind of sense. 
showers on in the house and uh, one goes upstairs to open it up and he grabs the curtain and Cody's standing there with Beverly in the shower looking like a badass with his revolver misses from point blank range but Beverly shoots the guy and then they, they find the other dude and Cody chases him saying he's mine but of course he can't hit him at mm-hmm. all but he can't hit a potted plant and then Beverly ends up gunning the guy down after Cody keeps missing. And then we cut to them drying off and cleaning their weapons. And they wonder who all knew they were going to be there. And they deduce that Lady Lillian sent these guys. Lady Lil- Lillian, that's the woman in the wheelchair? With Is that the right? cast, yeah, the lady with the okay. cast. See, I watched the movie, and I still have a difficult time distinguishing yeah. who the hell is who. Beverly will get the cops together, and Cody heads back to the marina, because I guess he's done. <laughs> case, case closed i guess but don't get he not before he gets to the marina does he run into the buffingtons who want to race again cody loses and they moon him with we are number one signs on their butts class yeah also th- this race the youngest buffington he's driving a low rider not known for speed No, no, no. But at at the Malibu Express, Cody goes onto his boat as Jonathan's three goons sneak on, and he knows they're coming, but then he discovers Faye and May from Corpus Christi, of course, on his bed. Just have a key. Yep. Just come and go as they please. Still haven't gotten that shower fixed. He instructs them to get on the floor, and they're like, this is kinky. This is nice. This is going to be fun. (laughs) He pulls out his gun. One of the goons kicks the door open, and Cody shoots him in the ear. It's the fat Jersey dude. I keep calling him fat Jersey dude. I don't know why, but uh, the guy runs off and grabs the other dude and they run, they take off. Like they're done. Like, like, Oh shit. <laughs> Wait a minute. He has a gun. This, I'm out. This cat's got claws. We're out. <laughs> the third goon gets in the bedroom and he's looking for the film. And he tells Faye and May. <laughs> you sure you don't know where that film's no, at? No, I don't know what you're talking hey, about. Hey, you better not be holding out on me. I'll tell you right now. Cause that pisses me off. And then leaves. <laughs> Ooh, tough guy, man. Like, it's like, so help me. If I find out you two yes. are holding out on me, I'm going to come back here, and it's not going to be nice. He doesn't even so. threaten that. He's just like, I'm going to be angry, man. <laughs> like, I, I, I'm i just going to be really upset if you guys don't tell me this. <laughs> it's like like you're sitting in traffic. Like, I swear, if this car doesn't move in the next two minutes, I'm going to be pissed. Yeah. Like, okay, well, okay. <laughs> you're so, going to get pissed. They, they all three escape. Eventually, and Cody awakes the next morning to a phone call from Beverly. Stuart has been arrested for the murders. They found pics of him and Shane. So they were him and Shane. Oh, okay. Right. Well, okay. Yes. He tells her of the film he has, and Faye may come to bug him. He tells Beverly he'll call her back, and he calls the sex line woman looking for June knockers. And he says, body by Fisher, brains by Mattel. He, he talks to June and asks if he, she can have the photographer from earlier in the movie develop the film. Everything counts in this movie. If something is in there, it's there on purpose. He calls Beverly back and tells her to meet her at the Chamberlain house. But he's got a couple of things he's got to take care of first. And we see someone was listening in on the call at the Chamberlain house. And Beverly says bye to Lillian because she was there at the house. And she rings for the maid to tell her where Beverly is going. With a change of car that is established as Cody's dad's, he and Beverly are off. The maid is on the prowl as well. Cody notices he has a tail, and it's the goons from the previous night. And Cody manages to lose them just by merely getting off on an exit. Um, 
<laughs> he does go around like a truck or something, but that's pretty much his escape. And Cody and Beverly arrive in Willow Springs to June waiting on them. And Willow Springs is the racetrack. June's a little jealous of Beverly. She goes, who's that? Your older sister? Okay. <laughs> and, and they go to the press room to meet Rodney, the photographer. She's a woman. Good. Another gorgeous woman. He needs them done fast, but not good, like most of the men she knows. <laughs> In the dark room, they find all his affair photos, plus the one he took of the killer, because the person isn't naked. The blown-up <laughs> picture of the killer shocks Cody and Beverly. As they leave, they get into a shootout with the goons as Beverly gets shot, like, right in the shoulder. Yeah, I said, I yelled, oh, shit, because it was just so sudden. Yeah. I didn't think and it was a anything big. Like... It was a big squib on there, too. Yeah, I didn't think anything would happen to any of the women in this movie. I mean, other than, you know, being objectified. I didn't think anyone was going to get shot. Cody leaves her to get away, and Chase takes to the track where the goons accidentally shoot a kid on a dirt bike. <laughs> Shit. I want to point out that this kid was shot on a bike, and this was followed by a couple of mechanics like looking at Jude Knocker's car. Oh my god, what a stupid sentence. (laughs) (laughs) And again, the guy says, I'll tell you, this car is tits. This car's tits. Oh yeah? Well, that car's tits. Then what are these? And she just pulls her boobs out. This is Andy Sedaris's fantasy world where any mention of boob or tit. And a woman is just going to take off her top or just open up her shirt. June Knockers does not exist in real life. I don't give a fuck who you are. <laughs> you do not exist in real life. And I've tried. I've I've just walked around just yelling, boobs, tits, and just seeing what happened. Nothing. Yeah. At a second glance. Cody takes June's car to escape. And I love that these guys are like firing off guns, chasing after hardcore, and nobody working the track seems to be bothered by it <laughs> until 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 they get yelled at by these guys. Like they're just like, oh, I'm working, working. Oh, oh, he ran by me. Like these they are blasting machine guns or shotguns and shit. Yeah. And these people are not even like like faced. how much has your hearing been damaged? You know, like working at mm-hmm. the racetrack, the night hear gunshots, a lot of gunshots. Cody has what, like a like a forty four, forty five, I think. Yeah. So that that thing is it's loud. It's loud, man. It's loud. <laughs> and then randomly, the goons force this old man to take them up in a helicopter to chase the car. <laughs> This yeah, guy's like, took off on the race car. This guy's like, all right, sure, fine, we'll just do this. But, but to be fair, I mean, that race car is the tits, yes. so they need something that is equally of the tits, and I guess that's a helicopter. In the car, we see June had stowed away in the back, and she tries to fuck Cody while they are fleeing the helicopter that's shooting at them. She loves speed. She says she loves speed, and she just immediately starts taking off her top, and this whole scene is just this overdub of her saying, I want to do sex stuff to you. And he's like, hey, I'm going to chase priorities, yeah. June. And he has to work so hard to reject her advances, and they manage to lose them, and the helicopter sits down. I love that. They're, like, telling the helicopter guy, like, hey, man, you need to stay here. He's like, okay, okay. And then the minute they get off, he, like, takes off. A smart move. He's not, you don't want to be any part of this. And at this point, I noticed the Jersey, the fat Jersey goon guy, he's got grenades clipped to him like they're a set of keys on his pants. (laughs) Just randomly, just two grenades there. Yeah, it's like his uh, multi-tool. Just, you know, whenever he needs a, something to be uh, blown up, he has his grenades. 
And right after the helicopter leaves, like Cody comes flying through and hits the guy. And then he flies. Like, he goes far and then he lands and he explodes. He, like, fucking yeah. blows up. He flies a good hundred feet. Like, into a ditch. And then, yes. kaboom. Like, you see, like, an arm fly through the air. It is... Oh, man, it is as close to the skateboard guy in Hard Ticket to Hawaii as, mm-hmm. as you get in this movie. It's a highlight. I mean, I him say. getting hit one is like, whoa, and then he flies, whoa. you're like, whoa, and then he blows up, you're like, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> and this is like the second thing that's blown up in the movie, I think. like The first one was just when the, the Buffingtons mentioned that, uh, oh, I use nitrous oxide in the engine, and then like the engine blew up. It wasn't like the car blew up, it was just the hood, like, flew up yeah and then and then there's this guy by this point in any other Sedaris movies there would have been five things that would have blown up this movie is Andy Sedaris showing restraints for explosions the car runs out of gas after he hits him so Cody and June flee on foot through the desert the muscle goons give chase and they wind up cornered but June shows her tits and Cody uses his last bullet on one of the guys and it hits him because the guy's standing still, he's not moving. It's only moving targets that Cody cannot hit. And right, yeah, she, t- she takes her top off and says, Hey, look at these! And they take the shotgun from the one guy and, and shoot it at the other one and hit him in the leg. And then June and Cody run off. And for some reason, they dump the guns and bullets on their way to, to leave. I mean, I, you I guys guess can them... take those. You don't need permission. <laughs> I guess it'll slow them down. Or maybe they I look guess. at the footage from the next scenes that they'd already shot and go, Oh, crap, they don't have the <laughs> shotguns. Probably the guns would get in the way of June's knockers. Right. Well, she could just, couldn't she just fit one between them? <laughs> Maybe. I mean, those things will hold tight. They go to hitch a ride with a mobile home, because, and June just flashes them. With her g- gorgeous front port. <laughs> and the, guy, the girl, woman on the, the RV goes, I guess we must be near Hollywood. Can we get a ride in Palm Springs, please? What do you think, honey? Sure can. Bring the young lady with you, too, will you please? <laughs> like, uh, uh, and I then, don't even know. And June says, God bless you, sir. He goes, God certainly blessed you, ma'am. And, of course, he looks down her shirt. And who do you think this person is, Brandon, that's delivering these lines and driving the RV? Who might it be? That would be Andy Sedaris himself. So even when he's actually in the movie, he's still being lecherous to women in front of and behind the camera. At a gas station, Cody sends June to get him more bullets at the general store because you can just go buy bullets wherever. And he makes a call to Beverly. She insists that he waits for her for whatever he's about to do. We cut to a party at Jonathan's company. Liza is there and unhappy, and the party in the background is showing this sex tape of Shane and Anita in the background. Yeah, it's a tit party. Every woman is wearing the high-cut underwear, unfortunately, Mm -hmm. and then they're just topless. Like, like what what is this? What is happening? Why is everyone semi-naked? Well, the new uh, computers came in, and they checked them out, and they were (laughs) celebrating. Is that code? Yep. 
Checking out computers, that's code for tit party. Yep, yep. Cody busts in and fires his gun, clearing everyone out. Cody accuses Liza of killing Shane. Beverly shows up and he shows the picture and puts the pantyhose over her head and prove it to the uh, the detective guy. I don't know his name, but he's always with Beverly. And the next morning, Cody is driving and says he's made a mistake. And on the way to the marina, the Buffingtons want to fucking race again. And this, <sighs> this time they take him to a track. Cody wins. They have, like, some other relative with them, too. A fourth one of them. No, I think that's just a guy that works at the track. Oh, okay. Yeah, because he, he's Hispanic, and I know he's Hispanic because uh, one of them says to this guy that works at the track, whatever you say, beanbag. Oh, okay. <sighs> again, wow. again, this was before people had rights and accepted each other. Okay, so Cody wins this race, and they accuse him of cheating. On his way out, Cody calls the sex line worker, Sally, who's just going nuts. <laughs> because she heard from... Like, is does she have just, like, a real extreme fetish? The only thing that can really get her off is Cody, apparently. Yeah. I mean, th- th- there's a guy that she works with that apparently is only as big as a can of beer. I don't know. Something to investigate. Back on the Malibu Express, we're having, I guess, the cast rap party as Cody <laughs> yeah. toasts to Liza to the surprise of everyone because she's there. The government guy comes out with her from the beginning with the mustache, and he explains that he ran into Peggy from the gym on the way to get his coffee in the morning who mentioned something about a picture. And he studied the picture he had more and found it wasn't Liza. And he notices the gun in the picture is in the right hand. And she is left-handed. And he deduces it wasn't and reveals that, and indeed, it was actually Luciana who killed Shane. The Contessa, the Con- woman that yes. hired Cody to investigate the Russian computer stuff. Thing, yeah. And when he went to confront her, he found a bunch of notes to him that was a confession about her giving him a sleeping powder after sex because she remembered that he wanted water after sex. <laughs> because so, he's having sex every 20 minutes. Yeah. And setting up all the misdirects and such that would lead to him to finding it was her. So she works for the government, of course, and we and was assigned to kill Shane. Anyway, that was her mission. And he was in cahoots with Jonathan for things. Stuart was only framed to give her time to get out of town. And she lets Cody see the mask of Liza she made to wear under the thing. So it was Liza that he took a picture of anyway that he said the picture didn't look like. I don't know. Which melts. <laughs> Shortly after he sees it, she thanks him for being intelligent and for helping take down Jonathan Harper. And she invites him to come find her when he's done with everything. The tape thing, confession, then destroys itself. Uh, during this time, we get this uh, beautiful montage of uh, Sybil Danning around a beach area, uh, taking, <laughs> taking a nice uh, shower. I don't know why she's got her clothes on in this scene, but she's got a bathing suit. It's white. She's also having some drinks. She's got some hot shades on. It's a, it's a real nice uh, tell of her giving uh, away this uh, plot of the movie that I still don't understand. Uh, <laughs> no, after. I, no, I don't. I, I don't understand why she did any of this at all. Like, like why she uh, tried to frame Liza, and then the only evidence that it wasn't her is that oh, the person that did all these things is right-handed. She's put what? a lot of faith in Cody. If she, if she's with the, the government, why did she have to bolt out of town and, and hide? Yeah, why didn't the government cover it up? Or why did she hire Cody 
to get involved in this situation knowing that she was going to murder Shane. I feel like they got to this point and changed their mind about what they wanted to do with the movie. And then, well, we need something that's going to just pull this all together. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean... We've got a disaster s- on our hands. And then they have this over-expositioned solution that just... I don't know if it works. I'm not... I, it, I've got it, questions. It doesn't. I've it got doesn't. Questions. Yeah. Like, I don't understand a damn thing that happened in this movie other than nudity and... Well, that's about it. I understood that. Everything else was just an excuse to get to another scene with more nudity. And Cody talks about the rest of what Jonathan tried to do and killing him and he was going to blackmail Liza for life. (laughs) Yeah, like, oh, that's right. Jonathan was in this movie. The computer guy. Yeah, he's, he's in jail. But who leaked to Russians? There's no revelation of who leaked to Russians. We have, like, some family shit going on, but uh, Lillian talks about what a good dude Cody is and how he'd help any woman in distress. And we get a montage of ladies, boobs, (laughs) and sex that we just saw in this movie. We're so stupid. And they all drink on the boat as it takes off. I don't know who the fuck's driving it. (laughs) That's what I thought. Well, it's got to be like another character that we haven't met yet. So there's another character in this fucking movie. Uh, And the end credits are once again the computer screens. And and that is the the hard, solid mystery of Malibu Express. (laughs) Uh, yeah, this is just like any other Sedaris movie where the plot makes sense to Sedaris, no one else. It's just, it's I mean, just complicated for no reason. It starts, like, Sybil Danning starts talking, and you're like, oh, okay, this is gonna, I think I just, I, I think I just zoned out for a second. What was she fucking saying? Like, I mean, it's yeah. such a long exposition, so detailed, so connected to Dotsies, to shit that I, I lose attention. I think I could watch it five times and still not grasp oh, yeah. it or, or doze off during it it's mm-hmm. just dry well this happened in the movie because i did this and since i did this that means i have to do this and this and then this and then we're not gonna forget it's overly detailed someone's like you need to make all this shit work now and he does with one character yeah it, like like tom if tom clancy were to see this movie he'd say wait what you know it's just so <laughs> complicated that it, like you, you couldn't even begin to dissect what the plot is supposed to be. I mean, we, th- there's blackmail. There's Russians buying computers through Jonathan, I, I think. Yeah. And and then there's murder, but that murder was was pinned on someone else. The government was behind it. I don't. God. Oh my God. My brain hurts. I cannot. I cannot figure that like every piece of this thing out. And there's also a, a bunch of white trash people erasing. <sighs> and why was there an H in knockers? Who does that benefit? Is that a joke? What, what is that, Andy Sedaris? Yeah, I don't like. Everyone seems to understand why it's funny, but I don't. Was there someone that was known to spell their name with an H back in 1985, uh, and that that would make this funny? It's baffling. I need the fastest thing on this lot. Sugar, I'm the fastest thing on this lot. Oh, mercy. Now comes the portion of the episode where we rate the movie we just watched. As we are cult cinema cavalcade, we keep things nice and culty. Our ratings are as follows. Stay with your family, which means you're like the, the government guy in this movie, the mustache, that so you just uh, kind of hang back and, and you don't get in any involvement in this thing. Too busy with your yacht club. Converted, which means you are on June Knocker's train. You'll spell it with an H. You're, you're solid on this. Or drink of the Kool-Aid, which means you're just in from Corpus Christi, Texas. You're all over the boat. Can't leave. Love Malibu Express. So, Cullen, 
How do you rate Malibu Express? This is one of Andy Sedaris's best movies. <laughs> Believe it or not, it's ridiculous. It is over the top. It's very watchable. I mean, if you don't like female nudity, uh, you might not be into this movie, or you can't even tolerate it. Uh, not great. You only get one shot of, of man butt if that's what you're into. So, I mean, that's not great. But it's a fine, it's a fine, wet, firm bottom. That's something to think about during all the rigorous sex scenes that happen in this movie. Um, the dialogue is remarkable. There's there's a, an exchange between, I believe, Cody. And Beverly, where, you know, it's another scene where Cody doesn't shoot correctly and he, you know, and says like, oh, I need to do hand to hand combat because these hands are lethal weapons. And then Bev says, just be careful when you play with yourself. That is, that is gross and delightful. And that's kind of what this movie is. <laughs> like, if you could give like a two, like, give me the essence of this movie. You, you would do that, there'd be an explosion, and then someone would take off their top. And that's Malibu Express. And, <laughs> and someone, would be, someone would be holding a computer in a dark room that you don't know where the hell they are. That's Malibu Express. I would absolutely recommend this. I drink the Kool-Aid on Malibu Express. My only question to the audience is, why are you not fucking watching this right now? Wow, watch this movie. Brandon, how do you rate Malibu Express? This movie was a complete delight and surprise. I was like, all right, this is gonna be, not going to be as good as Hard Ticket to Hawaii. And I, I probably prefer Hard Ticket to Hawaii, but this one fills in like these blanks with Hard Ticket to Hawaii that I, I was kind of disappointed in with that one. I'm like, wait, what's with all this like topless kissing? Well, no, this one goes for it. It's It's got boobs galore. It's got softcore sex scenes. It's, it's crazy in a different way. It's genuinely funny, stupidly funny, silly. It's just it's gross it's 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 hot it it the the main character is quite fun i enjoyed him it's sad we don't have more cody abilene adventures i think the actor he nails it and makes this a fun mystery to go along with it, it doesn't feel long at all it, this movie cooks there's either sex a shootout a weird topless scene something bizarre going on at every turn it's just a fun, fun movie. Like, I, I I, couldn't believe it. I was like, wow, I did not expect to have the, the kind of hard ticket to Hawaii fun again with an Andy Sedaris movie. Who knows? Maybe we're in for a surprise with some of these. I, I don't remember th- these being as fun as hard ticket, but this one's right up there with it. And I imagine if we get done with all of these at some point, when we go back to it, I think Malibu Express will be at the top. At least in the top three, probably. It's really good. And this and Hard Ticket make an awesome double feature. They share a disc on my set. So you can go one right to the other. There are different kinds of fun. And yeah, I couldn't believe how much. Yeah, drinking the Kool-Aid easily on Malibu Express. I hope with more Sedaris movies, that's the case. Because I have drank Kool-Aid on this and Hard Ticket. So it's got itself at a really high point to start off. That's dangerous. It's very, it's very possible that any Sedaris could be one of the best directors or like, like the most well-reviewed director on our show. <laughs> yeah. He's got two Kool-Aids. It's, it's, it's crazy. I, I think Neil Breen only got, I think what was, I think you Kool-Aided Double Down and I did Faithful Findings and that was it. Right. The guy that wrote down, so investigate our privates is one <laughs> of the best directors we've had on our show. Right. So yeah, that's uh, Malibu Express. Yeah. And we didn't even get into like how country fried the music is. Oh, yeah oh yeah just there's so much banjo in this movie that's right 
And there's multiple times where you hear this song, I'm in love with the girl in the centerfold. That happens multiple it, it times. It goes away, though. It starts in, in the first half hour. You hear that song probably like eight times, and then it never mm-hmm. comes back. It's really yeah. weird. It just drops off the face of the earth. They have some other song I can't remember, but yeah, that centerfold song, it's there. It's like, geez, we're going to hear this all night, and then it's like gone. I'll tell you one thing. June's gorgeous front porch really saved our ass. On the next episode of Cult Cinema Cavalcade, we'll be continuing our Andy Sedaris month with Picasso Trigger. Next in line would be Hard Ticket Hawaii, so we skip over that one. You can listen to our episode while you're waiting. This movie comes right after that. Thank you for chiming in and listening. As always, Cullen, thanks for joining me, as you always do. This was a lot better than a a trip to Palm Springs. Well, we look forward to next time. But first, stay tuned for the trailer to Picasso Trigger... The trailer that actually trails. Picasso Trigger. Codename for a killer. Steve Bond is Travis Abilene, an undercover agent with the help of an explosive force. An international mystery winds through the casinos and the countryside, the beaches and the bayous. From Paris, France, to the Hawaiian Islands. The trail is hot, and everybody is fatally attractive. and Travis Abilene must stop the Picasso trigger. Thank you for listening to Cult Cinema Cavalcade, part of the Creative Zombie Studios Network. For press opportunities, advertising opportunities, and more information on Cult Cinema Cavalcade, contact mail at cultcinemacavalcade.com. Produced by Brad Shoemaker. Edited by Brandon Peters. Narration by Rebecca Peters. Theme song Pink Baby by Happy Elf appears courtesy of the freemusicarchive.org network. The film and music featured in this episode are part of their respective studios and no infringement is intended. Join us again in two weeks for a new episode of Cult Cinema Cavalcade. I'm just testing my new little tape recorder I got. They say all private investigators need one so they can keep a record of their daily routines. Instructions to self. Like, what do you do? You you got an open court. You're going to fucking shoot the three-pointer. I mean, I find it funny that this movie features the guy buying himself a tape recorder to give him a message to himself from study, (laughs) and I'm doing it right now on this podcast for later. (laughs) It's water. Sorry, babe, but I got to have some water. And she rings for the maid to tell her where Beverly is going. And I'm going to go get more water here. Hang on two seconds. Okay. Yep. Uh. Brandon, this is the time that you're going to get a drink of water.
apparently I need some water as well because my voice cracked. I hope it's a good uh, glass of water. <laughs> and you're back now. Are you there? Yep. All right. Confirmed. I'm gonna I'm gonna make it to the end of this thing. Okay. Ah, bum, 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 bum. All right. So 